The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. Every year, Medicare is front and center during open enrollment. But what is Medicare really? And what about all those parts that you keep hearing about? Welcome back. In this show, your host, Tim Whistler, offers a primer on Medicare. I'm Patrice Sikora. This is a great idea, Tim, because what should be simple can be so confusing. Where do you start? Absolutely, Patrice. It really is a foreign language to so many people. In fact, I remember years ago sitting in my office with a retired specialist. I can't even pronounce to you what his specialty was, right? He's, I just know he was an ist, right? <laughs> and he attended one of my seminars. I'm retiring. I'm Medicare age. I just don't know anything about this because my staff mm-hmm. handled all this. You know, he said, so, so my wife and I need to kind of understand and that was a fun conversation and I'm tickled to death that he's still, you know, him and his wife are still clients. In fact, I was just at their house last week doing a review for this next year. So, And you still um, don't know what kind of an IST is, huh? <laughs> you know, I, I think I do, but again, it just, as soon as it comes in my mind, it goes right out the other ear. So I just, I, I forget. So. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're right. It is such a foreign language. And I kind of thought, you know, just referring, you know, back to when we went through uh, a couple of episodes, I think it was episodes five and six. Mm-hmm. When we really peeled back the layers and went into the four parts of Medicare, we, we introduced folks to the Advantage Supplement. We'll kind of touch a little bit on that, um, but just kind of wanted to start off with some updates, you know, for 2022. Um, you know, every year, Medicare will come out um, with some new figures for the upcoming, you know, um, calendar year. So, for example, for Part B, right, Part B is medical and Part B has a premium attached to it. So again, just as a reminder for folks who are already retired um, and are drawing Social Security, they re- re- they recall, they know that the Part B premium is automatically deducted from their Social Security benefit check. Well, for most people, the standard premium for, for 2021 was $148.50. And I just noticed here online that the upcoming premium for next year is going to be $158.50. That's a big so jump, isn't it? It's a pretty big jump. I mean, I was kind of surprised to see that because I think the previous year, I think 2020, it was like 144.90. So went up like $3. This year it went up 10. Uh, and, and but I, remember, they're increasing Social Security <laughs> by 6%, right? There it is. There That's you right. Go. <laughs> Just getting ready right. to say that. Yep. Wash. <laughs> yep. So what the government gives, the government takes away. So, <laughs> so yep, it's going to be a wash, but uh, that's coming out. And again, I kind of wanted to touch on this as well. Just as a reminder for folks, you know, the Part B premium is determined by your, you know, your modified adjusted gross income from two years ago. So this is a really, really key element for a lot of people, especially if they're getting ready to step into retirement. Also too, for the people that are getting ready to maybe do some conversions, you know, some tax deferred money to tax free money, where they're going to take some money out of a qualified account, pay the taxes on it, convert it to a Roth, you know, to kind of get, get rid of the IRS as quickly as they can. We still need to understand we have to be very systematic with that process because what Medicare says is they'll say, okay, for 2022, 
they're going to look back at your income statement for 2020. And for most people, like I said, the standard Part B premium for most people is going to be 158.50. Well, what determines 158.50? Well, again, if we look back at the year 2020, for people that are filing individual tax returns, if they're earning $91,000 or less back in 2020, they'll qualify for the standard premium. For people who are filing jointly, the tier stops at $182,000. So if our income was $182,000 or less for married couples, then we'll qualify for the standard premium of, of the $158.50. And then from there, if obviously we won't go through all that today, but as income, you know, amounts increase from there, then of course the Part B premium for next year is going to be reflective of where the income was back in 2020. When do they let you know if you will be paying more? You know, I believe that whenever we enroll, whenever a person goes through the enrollment process mm -hmm. and gets approved, I believe that's what triggers the alert to say, okay, here is you know what your premium is going to be. Because as I alluded to it just a second ago, if we're already drawing Social Security, that premium is going to be automatically deducted. Right. There's nothing yeah. they have to do. But for those people who are deferring Social Security benefits beyond when they're eligible for Medicare, which is for most people 65, and maybe they're not, you know, they haven't turned Social Security benefits on yet, they're going to pay that premium quarterly. So the government's going to send them a bill, says, okay, you know, here's your, your Part B premium due for these three months, and then just go ahead and send the money in or pay it by credit card, however they do that. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but they're, they're going to be notified, you know, accordingly. And, that, and that's, that's going to be the basis of what determines that premium is, is their previous two years of income um, from their tax return. Okay. So it's just, like I said, it's one of those things where we just have to be aware of, especially now that we won't go into this episode, but especially now that, you know, with this, with this runaway, one, you know, runaway tax train that's coming down the, the, oh, yeah. the rails, people are really kind of starting to think about going into some tax-free money as fast as we can. If we're going to, if we're going to pay some taxes now to get money out of tax deferred into tax-free, that counts as income. So we have to be very systematic, very, very cautious about keeping that in mind because we don't want to, you know, yeah, we want to get rid of, you know, a higher tax rate at some point down the road, but do we really want to see our part B premium go up, you know, for this upcoming year? So we have to be very careful of that. So that was one of the big numbers for, for this upcoming year. The next one is the part B deductible. So again, with part B being the medical, the current deductible for part B is $203. And I've been seeing it published across the internet that it's going to jump up to 217 in 2022. Oh, okay. Okay. So a little bit of a bump there. And then also the Part D deductible. So again, as a reminder, the Part D is the prescription drug benefit. And plans can, at their discretion, issue a deductible or not, right? There's, there's four phases to the Part D benefit. And the first phase is, is a deductible. So some plans will say, hey, we're going to charge you a high premium, but waive the deductible. Some plans will say, we're going to charge you a lower premium, but you're going to pay the deductible first for certain medications, depending upon the tiers. So for 2021, the highest deductible allowed by Medicare was 445. Um, next year, the highest allowed is going to be 485. So a little bit of a jump there as well. Um, but again, just just kind of being aware of, of the numbers that are out there, and and uh, you know, this is the time of year where the annual enrollment period just started, started October fifteenth, and it ends December seventh. So just kind of you know having these numbers, you know, in the back of our minds as we looked into the the year twenty twenty two. It's going to be higher. It's going to be higher. That's exactly right. You know, and that's why this is where I think it's so 
again, important. I, I know Medicare is not a fun topic. It, it just isn't. You know, we we were talking about this off air before we, we came on. I mean, just the advertisements, the phone calls, right? You, you can't watch TV without getting blasted from somebody yelling at you, you know, and about a Medicare plan. So, but it's so important to, to, to be our best advocate and sit down, look at our costs for this year and just think things through, you know, did, did, did my health change this year, good or bad? You know, am I seeing more and more doctors? Am I seeing less doctors this year? What about prescriptions? You know, did our health change for the worse where all of a sudden now we're on a couple more prescriptions, you know, so maybe we should review that current drug benefit that we have and make sure that the same benefit is going to be good for us for next calendar year. So it's just one of those things where I think this is a good reminder for folks to kind of, you know, reflect and, and review and, and kind of see where we're at right now. And obviously the crystal ball would come in handy, but since we don't have one of those, just being our best advocate and looking at how things are right now and if history would, would repeat itself, does the current plan we have right now make sense to carry it into next year? Now, before we go any further, there are four parts to Medicare. So why don't we review those? You did, as, as you said, you went in depth in episodes five and six. Let's do a quick review of the four. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. So the four parts. So the first part is part A. That's your hospital benefit, right? So all the years that you were working or all the years that your spouse was working and you're seeing those deductions come off the paycheck. Those, you know, one of those deductions is going into paying for part A, which is hospital. So most people having earned, you know, the qualifications, you know, if you worked for 10 plus years, you qualified for the 40 quarters. Therefore, there is no premium attached to part A. So part A is your hospital benefit. Part B is your medical benefit. And again, as we, as we alluded to, regardless of how many years you work, there's still going to be a part B premium attached to that benefit. So we just have to be aware of, of what that, what that's going to cost us, what the deductible is going to be. And then once we have part A and part B, this is where I try to really simplify the decision for Medicare because it really comes to a fork in the road. You know, if, if you're driving here in the Midwest and you come to a, a T in the road, you can go left or you can go right. Well, think of Medicare the same way. So let's say, for example, we want to go left. The one option for Medicare is to get what they call a Medicare supplement plan. And that Medicare supplement plan will pick up where Medicare A and Part B leave off. All right. So they're issued by private health insurance companies, you know, ABC, XYZ, you know, a blue logo, green logo, whatever the case may be. And then you have different plans that we can choose from. So again, we won't go into those details today, but you can go out and choose like, for example, a plan G is a pretty popular plan. Mom and dad may have had a plan F. They might still have the plan F. So again, that, those plans pick up where Medicare leaves, leaves off. And then the final step to that first option is to purchase what they call part D as in drugs, your prescription benefit. So in, on option one, that person is carrying with them three cards in their wallet or their purse. They've got their Medicare A and B card. They've got their Medicare supplement card, plan F, plan G, plan N, whatever, the, whatever they selected. And then their third card, which is their standalone part D drug benefit. That's option one. Option two finishes the four parts to Medicare. Option two is what we call part C. And part C is known as what they call a Medicare Advantage plan. And a Medicare Advantage plan is really starting to kind of gain in popularity. I saw an article or saw a study not too long ago that they looked back, I think it was back to the year 2000. Um, I need, at least I know it was back to 2005, which was my first year as being a Medicare broker. And they, they showed the trend of all the Medicare beneficiaries that are here in the United States, what is the percentage that are on a Medicare supplement 
compared to the percentage of folks who are on a Medicare Advantage plan. And it was pretty interesting because back in 2005, my first year, there were only 13% of all Medicare beneficiaries on an Advantage plan. Hmm. In 2020, it was 33%. So we're starting to see this trend because as we know, Medicare doesn't cover all of the same type of benefits that we might've been used to when we were receiving group benefits, right? vision, dental, hearing, you know, some, some key things for quality of health. For some reason, the government just decided not to cover that. So what the part C does, and this was introduced, I believe these were introduced back in the mid to late early nineties, somewhere around there, but they are basically, they are an alternative to original Medicare. It bundles A, B, and D all into one plan. So each one of these plans must be approved by Medicare. They must cover that, you know, all the benefits that Medicare currently covers, but then they can enhance the benefits they if they want mm-hmm. to. So a lot of people, that's why I'm kind of seeing that trend that they, they can offer. They'll say, okay, we're going to cover everything that Medicare is going to cover for you, but we're also going to offer you some vision benefit, some dental benefit, maybe right. a hearing aid, a fitness benefit, you know, part D comes bundled into together. So that way, then they're carrying one card with them in their wallet or purse. They've got one phone number for customer service if they have a question on billing or claims or benefits. And I've got a lot of my clients who are on a couple of different Advantage plan companies I represent who tell me, you know, we're, we're starting to get on a first name basis with member services now, you know, because <laughs> they're dealing with one entity. And, and, you, and you, we all, I think we all agree that when we pick up the phone, needing help from that voice on the other line of the phone, how good is it to have some type of relationship with Oh, them? yes. Oh, yes. You feel, so, you feel you can tell them more too. Exactly. Because, and they actually call these plans managed care. And, and I kind of always like to warn my new clients that come into a, 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 you know, a managed care account or a, a Medicare Advantage plan. I'll say, look, you know, these folks are responsible for your health. So not only are they going to simply provide you with hopefully an ease of use plan, you know, everything's bundled together and they offer you some extra benefits. But whenever they see a, a claim come through, like maybe an outpatient procedure or even worse yet, a hospital stay, they're going to reach out to you. Yes. And they're going to call you. Hey, are you doing okay? Is there anything we can get for you? Can we send you, you some meals? Are you doing what you should be doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly right. So we're kind of starting to see that trend. And like I tell you know anybody, if, if somebody calls me and says, okay, Tim, I'm getting ready to turn 65 or I'm already 60, you know, I'm, I'm past 65, but I'm getting ready to retire and now I need to transition to Medicare. I know nothing about it. It's a foreign language. What should I do? I just simply break it down and, and start right at this conversation like we're having right now. And then I simply say this, the first option has pros and cons, Medicare, MedSup, standalone drug plan, pros and cons. The second option, Medicare Advantage, pros and cons, right? There is no perfect plan out there. Some plans just work better dependent upon our preferences. What do we want to do for retirement? Who do we see for providers? What medications are we on? So there's just different types of variables that go into determining, you know, which of those two options fit our lifestyle the best. All right. Now, providers, mm-hmm. do they often change? So yeah, I remember back a few years ago <laughs> that there was, you know, every Medicare Advantage plan will provide you with what they call a provider directory. Okay. Because you, we have networks, one of those negative words when it comes to Medicare. Oh boy, I've got to, you know, what network can I go right. to? You know, can I see this hospital? Can I go to this doctor? So I remember years ago, there, there was a situation where Medicare would not allow a provider to jump out of a plan in the mid year. 
right? Because most people can't make that change in the middle of the year. So like, for example, an HMO plan, HMO plans are one of the different types of plans available under part C. HMO is health maintenance organization. And basically in summary, a cliff notes version, it basically says, okay, you know, John and Jane, you are on our HMO plan. Here is the provider directory. Unless it's an emergency, you cannot see any other provider and get cost sharing benefits from us. You have to stay inside of this network. Conversely, you'll have what they call a PPO plan, preferred provider organization. Okay, here's again our directory of preferred providers. They've already signed contracts with us and agreed to share in the cost. However, if you want to step, quote unquote, out of the network, you'll still have coverage for that, but you just might pay a little bit more for those office visits. Okay, then there's a third one they call an HMO dash POS point of service. It's very similar to a, a PPO chassis, but, but you're, you're exactly right, Patrice. I mean, it's, it's making sure that we understand, you know, who, who's our primary care physician, first of all, what specialists, if any, are we seeing and what networks are they affiliated with? Because again, if I'm sitting down with somebody, they're like, you know what, I've got my heart doctor, I've got my foot doctor, I've got a skin doctor, blah, blah, blah. You know what, all of a sudden right there to me, we're almost setting ourselves up for a major issue by starting off in, into a plan where we have to, you know, consult a directory all the time. Whereas on a Medicare Advantage plan, a Medicare, you know, I'm sorry, a Medicare supplement plan and having Medicare as our primary, basically you're in network with any doctor and hospital in the United States that accepts Medicare. So that kind of eliminates the need for, you know, having to consult with a directory again, depending upon our need for how many different specialists and doctors we're seeing on a regular basis. Now that, that raises a question for me here, Tim, you -hmm. mentioned hospitals that accept Medicare. Don't all hospitals accept it? As far as I know, yes, I have not seen a hospital that has not, does not accept, you know, Medicare, but again, (laughs) you just never say always, and you never say never. So (laughs) You know, but, but I do know that there are some doctors out there who practice a little bit different, you know, they don't necessarily, they don't really want to participate in the Medicare plan per se. So they offer an alternative. So again, just being, being your best advocate and just say, Hey doc, do you accept Medicare? If I come in with a Medicare card or a Medicare Advantage plan card, are you going to be okay with billing, you know, my respective Mm -hmm. insurance plan? So just making sure. All right, where do you want to go next? I, I'm looking down the list here, but there's so much. You you tell me, where do you want to go with this? Sure. One? I, I just thought, thought one more, you know, one more quick review on the MedSup versus the Medicare Advantage plan. I kind of touched on a little bit before, um, but like I tell people, there is no wrong answer with, you know, in determining which option we want to go with. Because I actually have, I, I think when we recorded this last year, I think I had one household. I now have two households where the husband took one, the wife took the other. <laughs> which I, th- I just found very interesting, you know, because again, it just, again, shows how individual, how, you know, individualized these plans truly can be. If, if one spouse is healthier than the other, or maybe like here, you know, here in central Illinois, we have two major networks of hospitals. People have their preferences, you know, good or bad. I will go to this one. I do not want to go to this one. You know I mean? You, you hear that pretty frequently. Um, I can see it. The, the wife is saying, I'm going here. Hubby, you can go right over there. That's right. That's right. You know, because, you know, they might have, you know, they may have had an experience with mom or dad that maybe didn't go well. Oh, true. You know, you hear that. Unfortunately, you hear that all too often. I mean, I, I, I meet with staff who retired from one of the networks and, you know, maybe they saw something that just did not make them feel comfortable for whatever reason, you know? So yeah, everybody has their preferences as far as what network they want to use. So, that's just where I start off the conversation. Okay, who is your primary care physician? And are they affiliated 
with a specific network because that way then it from as we peel back the layers of this conversation that then can kind of direct us as far as do we want to go left or do we do we want to go right um, and as I mentioned before if, if somebody's you know really in need of care you know to try to try to keep things simple for them usually the Medicare with the supplement is usually the right way to start. Um, because the fact on the Advantage plans, as, as we kind of alluded to in the previous two episodes back at five and six, you know, those of Medicare Advantage plans usually have a little bit less cost on a monthly basis, but then you'll have co-payments, specialists, outpatient, ER, you know, those type of things. So some people don't really want to be messing with co-payments. They just want to pay it monthly and be done. Okay, perfect. Then let's go Medicare, MedSup route. Um, conversely, I've got a lot of the clients who, who come into it. And, you know, they're like, you I mean, I can have a plan at no premium or let's say, for example, $49 a month and then just pay if and when I go to the doctor, if and when I have a, a procedure hospital. Yes, exactly right. You're only paying for what you're basically using. And in the meantime, you still have access to extra benefits. You mean there's, there's a dental benefit out there. Hey, you know, get your teeth clean, get your x-ray every year, whatever the case may be. And a lot of those plans will throw some extra dollars to help kind of offset those expenses. So again, there's pros and cons to both sides. This is just the time of year where, again, I encourage folks to, 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 to look very closely at their current plan. Looking back the previous year, the previous 10 months of this year, did we have any issues? Do we feel like maybe we're paying too much out of pocket? Um, again, did the doctor change our prescription benefits? You know, should we, if we're on option one and we've got a standalone drug plan, by now they should have received what they call their annual notice of change. And your notice of change would include, okay, did we change the monthly premium from $22 to $26 a month, for example? Did you add a, a prescription or two? You know, we have to look at each prescription because every prescription that's covered is, is, has a tier assigned to, to it. So you'd have tier one through five. Those five tiers have a copayment assigned to it. Every time you get it filled, um, you know, there's a copayment involved. So again, it's just the time of year in which we can kind of reflect, shop the benefits and see what might look like for the upcoming year. Now, you started to mention drugs there. What about reviewing a formulary? I think that's critical. And that's that's a great point. That is something that is so important to do. Again, even when we get that annual notice of change and we see the 300-page document staring at us you know, through the mail, by all means, grab that formulary, grab all your medications, and just make sure that your current Part D benefit, and again, that benefit can come in the form of a standalone drug plan with your Medicare supplement plan, or that Part D benefit can come from your Medicare Advantage plan, because again, it's all bundled together. But the point of it is, if you're on a drug benefit, a Part D plan, review the formulary, get your list of medications out, review the formulary. Normally, the very back of the formulary, there'll be an index of all the covered drugs listed alphabetically and the page number. Go to that page number and make sure that your drug hasn't changed a tier. You know, did it go from a tier one to a tier two? Usually, it doesn't really go up. Normally, they go down. A, a tier two might not be a tier one, for example. But it certainly doesn't hurt because we don't really want to go to the pharmacy and expect to pay $2. Now we're paying $28, you know, something like that. So, so I think reviewing the formularies is definitely a good idea because again, you know, if, if our, especially if our health changes and all of a sudden I'm on this new medication now and, you know, previously this plan that I'm on right now, for example, for 2021, ABC insurance company's part D plan was a good plan for me. But here at my recent doctor visit, he put me on a new medication. I look at the formulary, it's a, it's a tier four, for example. Well, it would behoove us to be our best advocate to go out and look at that medication because there might be another drug plan out there, or maybe it's a different tier altogether. And, and maybe it'd be a different co-payment for that respective tier. So just, you can review the formulary, 
be your best advocate and make sure that the current plan that you have right now may not or may be the best plan for you for next year. What's the deadline for uh, changing or for filing whatever? So we are in right now what they call the annual enrollment period. And that period started October 15th and it ends December 7th. So what that basically means is we have this period of time to review the standalone drug plan and to review the Medicare Advantage plan that we have. And if we want to make a change, this is the window of opportunity in which we can do so. In other words, we can fill out the application for the new drug plan or the new Advantage plan. We fill out the application prior to December 7th, we get it submitted. And then on January 1st of this next coming year, the new plan benefits will go into effect. There was one more thing too, I thought that was kind of good. It kind of reminded me of this on a previous review that I had done with a client this week, making sure that <laughs> when we switch group benefits into Medicare, right? That first time for all these years, we were working at you know ABC company and we were with XYZ insurance company, and now we're on Medicare. And we go to the doctor office visit for that first time. Just make sure that they know they mean your meaning your doctor, doctor's office, your specialist office, whatever the case may be. Make sure they know you've switched insurance plans <laughs> because oh, I'm dealing with a couple. I just bless their hearts. I'm just dealing with this couple right now that unfortunately they did what they were supposed to do, but unfortunately the doctor's office kind of missed it. Um, kind of just went by old habit, build the group benefit. It came back denied. Obviously, it would because they don't know they no longer are paying premiums for the coverage. So that insurance company is like. Nope, they're not with us anymore. So just try to get that reverse is kind of a headache. And unfortunately, the members caught up in the wake of that mess. Um, so it's just a little friendly reminder. You know, when you have a new plan, whether you've just come into Medicare for the first time and now you have Medicare as your primary and your supplement as your secondary, or you've got the advantage plan for the first time, whatever the case may be, just make sure that you have confirmed that you have shown your insurance card to the billing clerk at your doctor's office. And then another little friendly reminder, and I don't like to try to get too much in the weeds here, but a Medicare Advantage plan is not a supplement plan. A lot of people like to simply call that or use that word. Well, I've just got the supplement out there. Well, if it's an Advantage plan, it is not a supplement because we have to be careful that and that causes a little more confusion. So the reason why I point that out is because, again, when we have an Advantage plan, we have a Part C plan. This actually replaces Medicare A and B. Right? We have to have A and B to, have, to, to be eligible for the plan. But the point of it is, do not show your Medicare card, your A and B card to your billing clerk when you have an Advantage plan. Because Medicare, you don't want to have Medicare being billed for that because Medicare is not going to pay a dime. They're not responsible. And again, again, the billing clerk, they're just doing what the, what the members tell them. to. Hey, this is who I'm with. Okay, we're going to bill these people. So they're not going to know. I mean, how many insurance companies do they get blasted at every day? I mean, <laughs> my, my wife, Rhonda, you know, we, being a nurse, when she sits there at the desk and checks people into the, to the walk-in clinic, she just, do you have insurance? And, they, and people hand them six cards. Well, <laughs> how, how would they know? I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not insurance professionals and, and you know, they, they wouldn't know that. So that's why I just always kind of, again, you know, refer back to the member, making sure you understand that there's a significant difference between an Advantage plan and Medicare. And if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, you don't even have to carry your, your red, white, red, white, and blue Medicare card with you. You can leave that at home because you're only going to build the Advantage plan. So just, just again, kind of just try to clear some confusion before we get caught up into a billing mess. Well, this is another reason to stay in touch with your doctor too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Good point. Absolutely. And speaking of being in touch, Tim, 
How can people reach you? They can reach me a couple of different ways. Uh, they can jump on the phone and dial 309-291-0491. And again, I just ask for a little grace for an understanding for people. This is a, a hectic and busy time of year. It's my favorite time of the year. But um, you know, if I'm not sitting right here at my desk, um, by all means, leave a message. You know, give me a give me some time to get back to you. It may not be that same day because I do run a lot of appointments. I do conduct a lot of seminars in the area, so I'm I'm not always sitting here at my desk. But uh, leave me a message. I'll be sure to return your phone call and have a conversation with you. And by all means, they can certainly send me a, a detailed message uh, via email if they want. They can send an email to me at tim at thewhistleragency.com. And there is no T in Whistler. There's still no teen whistler. And I don't think there ever will be. <laughs> no, ma'am. We're going to leave it out. <laughs> but as Tim is saying, do not wait until the last minute. If you're uncertain about Medicare, get some guidance and then make your choices. Follow this podcast, too, and share with friends and family. This could help them as well. Everybody has questions. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC.